we know that a price-motivated customer um, isn't necessarily a motivated reader, um, but that's kind of probably okay because it's more than likely that that's kind of how books have always been. Welcome to the third episode in our series of TechForm Talks. I'm Zelina Alvey, the Community Manager here at BookNet Canada. It's no secret that everyone at BookNet loves data. Specifically, though, we really love the insight data can give us into the habits of book buyers and readers. So we were pretty big fans of this talk from Nathan Maharaj, the Director of Merchandising at Kobo, on the relationship between price points and reading habits. Thanks to the digital publishing revolution, companies like Kobo can now track things like how long you wait to read a book, how often you pick it up, and if you ever actually make it to the end of the goldfinch. Of course, all that results in a whole lot of data, but Nathan has done a great job of distilling it into some really interesting trends and case studies. If you'd like to see the charts he references in the talk, you can find his presentation slides at slideshare.net slash booknet Canada. Now, here's Nathan. A year ago, when I, when I gave that talk on this new kind of way of looking at pricing, uh, I was kind of done giving the usual talk about pricing. You know, here's a histogram, here's a demand curve, uh, optimized for revenue, um, try to maintain a, a state of alertness. Um, you know, publishers were already used to using our, our portal uh, insight, uh, getting uh, next day sales data, uh, changing prices dynamically, um, really engaging with the business of, of, of using price to, to, to optimize, you know, net revenues. Um, so, you know, that, that was kind of done and that was kind of sold. So as an evangelist on that, my work was done. Uh, but there's a new kind of conversation to have. Uh, there was something we hadn't really, uh, we hadn't really talked about. Um, and it was what kind of value are readers getting for the money they spend on, on reading? Um, curious question, how do you measure it, right? So we, uh, we focused on time. Time became the, the, the critical piece. Uh, you know, uh, what does it cost to buy and read books was the, the overarching question. Uh, what, is that, what, what kind of a leisure activity is that? What's your hourly rate, for example? Um, happens to be that as a digital bookseller, uh, Kobo was really well suited uh, to investigate this. So here's how it works. Um, you, you open your device, you load an app, you're reading, you're connected. Uh, that device is, you know, for the purpose of, of, of creating this magical experience of being synced everywhere, it has to keep sending bookmark data. Uh, the, the reader's here, now the reader's here, the, the reader has opened the book, the reader has closed the book. So, so we've got to field that, we've got to field it fast and, uh, and make sure that your experience is always magical. Um, what that turned into after a couple of years, we realized, wow, that's a lot of data. Um, and it's a lot of timestamps and it's a lot of stuff that would actually tell you if you looked at it, um, how are people engaging with books? So, so we've done that um, and it, it, it is a lot of data. Um, uh, so we wrangled it, we started slicing it in different ways uh, to figure out how people behave in the aggregate. Um, we want to answer some age old questions uh, like, you know, as we bump that bookmark along through the book, how long does it take to read a book? Um, you know, how, uh, how long do people tend to read at a stretch? Um, and how does it all break out by category? It's a whole bunch of questions and, and you know, measuring uh, time is, uh, is, is a key way to do it. So um, we, uh, we focused on a, uh, a small set of metrics uh, right out of the email marketing and online uh, retailing uh, playbook. So we looked at open rate. Just as you would look at open rate for an email, we looked at open rate for books. Uh, do people actually open the books they buy? Um, 
more on that in a moment. Uh, we looked at completion rate. Uh, do people get to the end of books uh, that they open? Uh, and we, as readers, we all know that, yeah, mostly, uh, unless it's bad, in which case the book gets fired, you know, or whatever. Like, we all have very deep feelings about finishing books, and it, it comes down in some cases to um, uh, religious philosophical uh, conflicts, uh, which I, we don't want to get into right now. Um, and we looked at how long they spent with the book. Uh, how many sessions did they, did they engage with? Uh, and what do those sessions look like in duration? Um, and, uh, and then we did things like this. We looked at, you know, let's take a handful of award winners, right? Books people really want to buy. They're celebrated. Uh, these are, these are the, you know, the, the, the greatest things to read in the land. So here's a cluster of, of Canadian award winners from last year. Uh, and we looked at, you know, what's, what was the open rate on them? Um, and, and it's a wide swing. And the, the first thing you notice is the, um, the uh, absolute best one uh, is still not 100%. Um, people buy books and they don't open them. Uh, this was true in print, it's still true in digital. Uh, the, the notion of, 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 of acquiring uh, for your future self that has more leisure time than your present self, uh, that hasn't gone away. Uh, we still believe our future selves have more time uh, for leisure uh, than we do. Um, and that's wonderful because dreams are important. <laughs> and. Uh, but there's this massive, massive swing. Remember, these are award winners. You've got one in five people who bought this actually got around to like cracking it open. So they, they felt well enough disposed towards it to, to plunk over their, their money, but when it came time to spending their leisure time, yeah, they found something else to do. Fascinating, right? Scary. Is anyone scared? Show of hands. Anybody scared? Good. Uh, pain means you're learning. I learned that a long time ago. It was painful. Um, so. Uh, and then we go into completion rate. Okay, so fine. Uh, among those who opened a book, uh, what happens? Uh, and then we see a big swing here. Um, you know, some people just not getting to the end of stuff. Um, some people just absolutely uh, trundling along. Still, you don't get 100%. You, you know, two thirds is good performance. Um, and uh, again, a wide landscape of things. Uh, the data as we found it, remember, not as we tried to influence it, just what we found when we measured it for the first time. Um, and then you get, uh, and then you get average sessions to complete. So you get, you get little stories like, huh, this one had such a low completion rate because it's really, really long. So this, you know, a bunch of readers fell off here. And you know, these two, as similar as they are, people felt really well disposed. They opened them, they completed them at the same rate. Uh, but this one was a lot longer. So you know, when it comes down to you know, which, which book was stickier, which was the more you know, uh, compelling epic, uh, you know, the prize goes here. You know, no fault, you know, not to say this one should have padded the page count. Um, but you get like nuances like that in performance. Fascinating stuff, right? So uh, we sliced it another way. We took price into consideration and looked at a landscape of readers getting different degrees of value from the money they spent on books. Uh, we saw, uh, you know, given the average sell price of top selling categories, uh, the cost per reading hour uh, looks like this. You've got, uh, you've got, there you go. There's your cost per reading hour. So uh, given this is your average sell price, literary fiction, costs a premium. Biographies cost a premium. Uh, you know, hardcover New York Times type nonfiction costs a premium. Genre fiction is more of a deal. And as far as the cost per hour that you get out of it, the frugal choice is romance, friends. That, that's the, the budget conscious reader is reading romance. Um, these spendthrifts over here with their Gladwellian big ideas, as much as they're reading about economics, they're not practicing any of those principles <laughs> in how they conduct their own finances. We're also, we also see a massive fall-off rate. So part of the reason these, uh, these big ideas folks are paying so much is they're giving up. 
Um, you know, the suspicion we've had, those books are too damn long. That magazine article that got puffed into a book, it's still a magazine article, but there's a bunch of crap hanging onto it. Uh, we're fooling nobody. Uh, and readers are giving up on this. So, you know, if you've got an, an at-risk category, something that, you know, the 18-minute TED Talk will absolutely assassinate, uh, this is the category. Uh, because the book is only worth an 18-minute TED Talk in many cases. Um, okay, scared, more scared, less scared? At this point, just sort of like in vertigo, great. Um, so we learned a few things. Uh, we learned that less than 100% of readers open the books they buy. Uh, we learned it for a fact, uh, not just intuitively. We learned that less than 100% of books that are opened are read to the end. We already knew that, but that's it's nice to confirm things with data. Uh, and we learned that big ideas are really expensive and they come out to about an evening's entertainment. Um, which is usually what they're for, right? They're, they're, so you can dominate the, you can mansplain your way through a dinner party, I guess, is, is the, the point of uh, that kind of book. Um, so we were left with a few uh, curious uh, points we wanted to explore further. Uh, and we, uh, we wanted to know, you know, how does, how does promotional pricing factor into this? Does that change how people behave with stuff? If you buy the exact same book as a person next to you, but you bought it uh, during a, a sale and they bought it at full price, uh, how does that impact how you deal with that book, how you regard it? Um, you know, I, I look at the, all the hardcovers on my shelf, which look quite uh, uh, impressive, uh, but they all came to me through the remainder bin when I was working part-time at Chapters. Um, so, uh, and I know that, and, and, I, and I have very mixed feelings about them because they look so handsome, and I know I paid $4.99 for many of them. Um, so anyway, we looked at promotional pricing and dynam uh, dynamic pricing and promotional activity. So if you were reading the Medium article, please return. Uh, I'm using the power of vanity to bring you back. Uh, there's a picture of you on the screen now. Um, and uh, okay, so new, new talk is starting now. Uh, with credit to Kevin Ashton for both the setup for this talk, which I did not pay him for, uh, and the picture. Um, so a quick poll of the room. Uh, show of hands, who thinks, who thinks the price that a reader pays and their likelihood to open a book are positively correlated. So, so high price means high likelihood to open. Like the Freud thing, right? Pay for the therapy so you value it. Yeah, okay. Uh, who thinks it's the inverse? Who thinks you pay a lot and then you're like, you, like you're aspirational. You're like, oh, the goldfinch. Absolutely, I'm the type of person who reads the goldfinch. There's my $20. This is me buying the goldfinch. Uh, and then you don't get around it, right? So, so sorry, show of hands on, on case two. I love you guys. You're so cynical. <laughs> um, and who right now is, uh, is having a, maybe a mild panic attack, uh, willfully abstaining for either philosophical or religious reasons? Okay, we're gonna have a group ready uh, later. We're gonna have a sports circle. It's gonna be a safe space. We're gonna talk this through. It's gonna be fine, right? It's just data. It can't hurt you. Um, so, uh, all right. So here is in opening open rate by sell price in $1 increments. All right, um, marvel at the, see it's a calming blue. This is important, I, I, I was thinking about you all. Um, so what we see here is there's this weird thing in promotional activity where absolutely, yeah, if people get something for a deal, um, there is a, it, it takes a chunk out of the likelihood that they will, uh, that they will, uh, that they'll read it. Um, it's not huge, it doesn't like completely destroy anything and by not huge, I mean it takes them down from the roughly 50% that's normal for everything else. So yeah, it's kind of a coin toss. It's kind of a coin toss. Uh, people buy a book, will they open it? Maybe. <laughs> it's about as good as like, we can do. That's, that's the firmest maybe you're gonna hear. Um, and then, you know, then it kind of levels out to 50 uh, about 50% through here and maybe drops off slightly here, but not in any way that I think is, is significant. So, um, 
Yeah, right. Crazy. Okay, so when people buy cheap stuff, uh, they're, they're, you know, the, the myth of the hoarder um, might be true. Might actually be a behavior that, that people exhibit. Um, yeah, uh, the, um, uh, and at the same time, though, there's that little bit of a drop off in the higher price bands. So everyone's, you're, both groups are kind of right, except for, except for the panic group, because we should not panic. It's fine, it's just data. But groups A and B, yeah, um, the higher price does see a bit of a drop off for, uh, for open rate, uh, and the lower price uh, also. So there's kind, of a, there's kind of a happy thing going on here where uh, people who pay about 10 bucks for a book uh, have the strongest likelihood of opening it. Um, and here it's weighted by, by unit sales. So the most intense blue, um, the most deeply calming blue, uh, is where all the unit sales go. So what you see here is also the, the higher price thing is actually fairly insignificant because there's just not that much action going on there in terms of unit sales. Um, and then there's lots of promo stuff going on here. And here's this mushy middle of like mass market type pricing. Um, and then you get into the um, you know, uh, uh, front list here with a bit of a stretch up to there. So, so okay, that's open rate, right? So if people get things for a bargain, eh, they may or may not open it. Uh, people pay a lot for it. Um, they're a little less to likely to open it than uh, than if they paid full. Uh, they paid uh, a lower, more conventional price. It's not so bad. Um, here's completion rate. So uh, among those who opened, who gets to the end? Um, those bargain hunters. If you can get them to open a book, um, well, this makes sense, right? They're, they don't want to buy another book because they're cheap. <laughs> so they're sticking with this one. Um, we haven't actually observed that, but that's a question I want to I want to pursue. Is, is what you know? While if we cohort the customers who buy down in this range, what do they do while they're reading? Do they like tunnel away and we don't see them again until their e-reader runs out of batteries and they have to plug it in? And then we we get those bookmarks and we see what they're up to. And so I don't know. Um, they may disappear entirely. So yeah, they uh, uh, so really high completion rate down here, um, and fairly low down here. Now that shouldn't mean oh crap, nobody finishes books that are $20. There's some nuance here. Down here is also where you see serialization, right? This is where you see the novellas. This is where you see the, uh, you know, the one hour uh, long uh, erotic serials, um, uh, which for reasons of narrative structure, uh, it's really important to get to the end. <laughs> if you're gonna start it, you should get to the end. It's the best part. So. Uh, that happens down here. Uh, it would be too obvious to go for a drink of water right now because it would betray a certain level of discomfort. So I won't. I'll put that off to the next slide. Um, and then completion rate kind of levels off and, and, and falls, falls down here. And when you get up here, um, you know, don't fault these people. They're doing one of two things. They're buying a box set. So, you know, it's the, the complete Game of Thrones and nobody, you know, cast that stone if you're feeling brave for somebody not finishing Game of Thrones uh, because we all live in a, in a glass house built by George R. R. Martin there. Um, and, uh, you know, like Ken Follett books, right? Like, you know, it, life is only so long. Um, so you've got, you know, you've got your Neil Stevenson's, your Ken Follett's, uh, really epic long stuff here, um, as well as box sets that, that uh, naturally, you know, people shouldn't get to the end of quickly. They, you know, you should, you should give someone five years to read the complete Game of Thrones box set. That's fair. Stop judging. You can sit on Goodreads for as long as I'm reading it, and that's not, it's not a failure. Um, and then you weight it by units, and you see, in fact, there's not a lot of box sets and expensive stuff being, being sold. So, you know, the old pricing wisdom is, is true. Um, that stuff tends to sell in this cluster down here, and you've got, uh, and then the cheap stuff is here. So, like, the novella business is, is healthy, the, the serialization stuff is healthy. Um, and that gets completed, and that kind of makes sense, right? 
So relieved? I was relieved because what I rolled up from this is aside from like people aren't reading as many, you know, people aren't reading the books that we thought they were reading. They're certainly buying the books. Um, and, you know, you don't get a receipt every time somebody reads a book unless, unless you're in a subscription service and bear that in mind. Um, so it's kind of a relief to see that, uh, uh, that people are actually um, reading books, that uh, the stuff they're tending to buy where the sales cluster tends to be what they actually open. It tends to be what they finish. So, you know, to, to build on, on, I think something Brian said was, uh, you know, good job publishers. Looks like you know what you're doing. Um, the, the stuff that's selling the most is, is actually getting engaged with. So, you know, engaging content, not a problem. It's being made. Um, we're, we, this is truly an exercise in optimization. Um, so there was another figure we wanted to look at, though, besides open and completion, because uh, it's, a, it's a missing time figure. How many, how long, uh, how many days pass before a book gets opened? So days to open is what we call it. Uh, and we look at this as a, as a median. Um, because you know, the question is, if a book's gonna get read, how long does it have to hang around on that nightstand before that happens? Um, and that's very, very curious because we, we often strategically price for the purpose of stimulating a market for something that's gonna come next, um, you know, knowing only about half the people are gonna read it. And if they get it on sale, maybe a lot less than half. Um, and then completion is another thing. But when does, the, when does that open rate you know, when does that figure take place? Um, and here we go. So here's median number of days between purchase and open. Um, way down here, uh, if you pay a buck for a book, you, you're probably gonna let it sit for a while. Um, you may, maybe you feel bad about it, I don't know. That's, up, that's, that's, that's between you and your God. Um, but then as, as you get up here, you get a, more, a stronger tendency for people to actually read things. Uh, you get into the serial stuff, which you're absolutely gonna snap up right away. Um, and then it kind of levels out. And if you're reading the y-axis, yeah, it levels out to about a month. About a month. So like, like a fine cut of meat. Um, there, there's a certain hanging in the air, an aging process, if you will, um, to, the, to the, the purchased book. Uh, it, it's not ready to be, to be read right away. Uh, that's, that's, for, that's for the uncultured. That's for the unsophisticated, um, the people who just can't wait. Um, uh, real readers know, uh, in the aggregate, you should wait about a month. Um, but then you get down to the higher pricing, there's this really steep fall off um, of, you know, if you paid a lot for it, um, you paid a lot for it, you're gonna, you're gonna get right in there. Uh, the stronger tendency to engage with it. Uh, curious, I don't have a lot of hypotheses around that, um, but we do have again, the unit weighting and you know, there's not much to hang a hypothesis on here. There's a lot less uh, unit sales uh, and way more of the action is happening, of course, in that comfort zone we've got right back here. Okay. So um, with the aggregate data, as interesting as it is, as fun as it is to, to kick around, uh, you know, it only takes us so far. Um, what gets really fun is when we drill down to you know, a title here, a title there, uh, and see how it tells the story. Uh, picking up on some of the higher volume stuff that actually saw some activity as a price promo. So, um, so to round this out, um, we're gonna look at three different books that participated in some form of, of um, uh, promotional pricing activity. So, uh, all right, now obviously there's sample bias here. Uh, this is not a scientific conference, uh, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> as long as it's entertaining. That's the only imperative. Um, and it has to be true, I think. True, yeah, it has to be true. Now we talked about this. Noah, t Noah spoke to me about this. Um, okay, so uh, here's how this book lived in the market. This is book number one. Anonymized, I'm not gonna tell you what it was. Uh, I'm not even gonna give you hints. 
Uh, I'm probably going to use the wrong pronoun or not to, to talk about the author. Um, so, uh, so it was $12.99. That was a regular digital list price. Okay, uh, got marked down to $2.99 quietly. Uh, just happened. This is something that the publisher did for the market. $2.99 is the price, uh, and we didn't do anything special with it. We just left it alone um, because we had scheduled it to be featured as a daily deal. Uh, for one day, we would shine a spotlight on this book uh, alone and drive unit sales for it. Following that day, it carried on at $2.99 uh, before returning to full price. Here's what happened. So that's how long people waited to open it. That's your, that's your uh, median uh, days to open. So um, the, uh, the bargain hunters, if, if they were going to open it, they got to it right away, um, and right away being in about two weeks. So, uh, or you know, a week and a half if they're daily deal people. Um, but if they bought it at full price, uh, it was the normal approximate one month. So, uh, so that's interesting. Um, but it's, it, it's it, not terribly shocking. Um, huge uh, difference across open rate. So the likelihood that they were even going to open it. So leaving aside, uh, you know, once they opened it, it was it was at this point in the calendar. Um, the likelihood of opening it was far far higher among people who um, who paid full price, um, and they hit the you know that the uh, that golden fifty percent. Um, curiously though, uh, these people, all three groups, all these guys down here, all paid two ninety nine. Um, but the Daily Deal people um, had an extremely low tendency to, to open this book. Uh, even though if they opened it, they waited about the same amount of time, the tendency uh, to even do so uh, was really, really low. Um, so again, this hoarding behavior thing is real, uh, or it seems to be. And then we look at completion. So, you know, was it a good book? Um, it seems to be, you know, more or less flat, right? It's, it's kind of mid 30s and then kind of 40. So maybe paying almost 13 bucks drove you a little harder to get to the end. Um, but you know, the, we could try this again and see, see a different result. So yeah, so the quality of the book, once you're in it, once you're in it, you're in it. And it seems and it feels like the, the, the quality of the experience you're having as a reader kind of takes over. Um, but whether you're gonna get into it uh, seems to have a lot to do, in this case it did, with, uh, with what you paid for it. Um, now, uh, before you, uh, you pull all your uh, books from Daily Deal promos, please don't uh, get on the phone with my merchandisers and, and, and get on about that. Um, I need to remind you uh, or let you know that less than 25% of the units in this case actually sold at the full price. So as wonderful as it looks in full price land, um, full price land represents a, a fraction of the total. So we're into a game of, of funnel filling, right? Um, you know, if we know X number, X percentage will go on to read, X percentage will actually become in some meaningful way uh, part of a book's, an author's readership. Uh, the question is, uh, how, what do you want to put in the numerator? Like how many, how many people are you going to load in there? Uh, sorry, the denominator. Um, it's funnel loading. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're back to classic uh, e-commerce metrics. So, you know, a daily deal, uh, these, these markdowns, is a great way to just get a lot of readers you probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Um, certainly there is a lower quality of engagement, um, but it's, it's lower quality engage of engagement versus uh, zero engagement. So it's, it's, this is kind of the math and, and practice behind solving the attention problem, uh, using price to do that. Okay, book two. Um, so this was a true one-day daily deal uh, on a book that was $14.99. It was at the 
peak of its buzz. This, thing, this was, everyone was reading this. You, you ask, them, ask someone what they were reading, they actually wouldn't tell you what they were reading, they told you they thought they should be reading this. Um, it was marked down to 2.99 for just one day and featured, of course, as a daily deal. So, uh, so we drove as much sales as we could for that period. Um, and here's how it shook out. So if you bought it at 2.99, um, you let it sit for a month. You kind of, you were like, I should read that. And you grabbed it for, for $3 and, and then you kind of parked it. Um, if you bought it at full price though, uh, you engaged with it much faster. You, you chopped that in half um, because it was the buzzy book. You probably finished what you were reading and then read this next. Um, and that's if you paid full price. Now, what was the likelihood of you even doing that if you were going to open it? Um, at uh, at two ninety nine, far lower. You're you know a, a one in five chance you would actually read it in the first place um, after waiting that month, uh, and uh, but a much higher chance, better than fifty percent chance that uh, that if you bought it at full price, you were actually going to get around to it. Now, completion rate on this one is interesting. Uh, this was a long book. Uh, Fairly flat, but a little bit higher for the people who paid a little. Um, I don't know why that is. I mean, it might be because, you know, every time they're like, am I still reading this? Do they remind themselves, I paid $3 for this. This is awesome. This is, I'm reading a book for a month and I paid $3. Uh, and they pat themselves on the back. Um, whereas the $14.99 people are like, I'm, you know, I, I think I could be having more fun. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen my family in a while. Uh, I should go outside. Uh, and, and maybe they disengaged uh, because they've, they've, they're questioning how they spent their resources, which were considerable compared to the, um, the cheap people. Um, I don't know. Hard to explain. I mean, it's roughly flat, but again, the, the difference uh, is interesting, especially knowing that the book was so long and, and, and kicked off a lot of readers. There was a lot of abandonment on this one. Um, book three. Starting price, $11.99. Uh, promoted at $4.99. Uh, as, a, as a part of a, 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 a big price promotion of, of regular price books marked down. Uh, so a second format type repricing. It's weird to say second format in ebooks. It's still an ebook. It's just a different price now. Um, so 9.99 it arrived at. It's kind of its paperback pricing. Um, and uh, it was not the first installment in an, an erotic romance series. So there's a certain disposition to bring to this data uh, as, as we try to understand what the reader's thinking. So uh, how long did they let it sit on the shelf? Um, if you got a deal on this, you could barely wait a week uh, if you were gonna open this. Uh, if you paid full price, um, you waited considerably longer, but you still did way better than the normal one month. You came in more like three weeks, um, which is impressive, I think. Uh, and open rate, uh, again, we see that spike to, to full price. You pay full price, you tend to open. Um, However, we should note that the open rate on this is crazy high. It's between 70 and 80%. Uh, could be for a number of things. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's not the first volume in a series, right? So uh, this, is a, this is a reader who really knows what they're getting, and if, they, if they're gonna buy it, it's because they've got a certain set of expectations that have been built up by, by earlier, uh, earlier books they've read. And completion rate, again, pretty flat. Um, which, you know, as we do more of these, uh, as we dig into a lot of uh, the stuff more uh, at scale, I think we're going to find that, 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 uh, that the completion rate, um, we'll find that, that bridge between these case-by-case these -case things and the big pink graph we looked at before, and that, you know, completion rate really is kind of flat, because a reader who's reading is just kind of reading, and they're, they're having the experience uh, that they're going to have, and the, the notion of what they paid for the book is kind of left, left behind a little bit. So... 
what does all this mean? Um, uh, so here's my take, um, and, and you can tell me how, it's, how you got something else out of it or that I'm wrong. Both, actually. Um, when a book is opened, it's often a month after it was paid for. So if it's gonna get opened, it often sits on the shelf a good long time. Um, we know that a price-motivated customer um, isn't necessarily a motivated reader, um, but that's kind of probably okay because it's more than likely that that's kind of how books have always been. Um, again, we haven't done anything to adjust these. We have, there's been no like Kobo campaign of like, hey, read the books you bought. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to make money on that. Um, uh, so uh, people, are, people buy books and they, and they don't read them. Uh, we all do this. Um, it's hard for us to, you know, there's a lot of people in this room who find themselves awash in books that came to them at, at little or no cost. Um, but, you know, even regular people who pay their hard-earned cash, they, 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 um, uh, they, they may not read what they buy and they're motivated by price to acquire. Um, paying more does seem to correlate with stronger engagement, but of course the big caveat on that is, uh, Whoops, the big caveat on that is, thank you. Um, <laughs> and we're done. Uh, the big caveat on that is, is you can't, you know, you can't make, make more of these readers. It, it seems like a really hard thing to persuade someone to become this kind of a reader. This kind of, a, these people are, they are rare, they are precious, they, they are, uh, you know, they're, they're endangered species that live in a fragile ecosystem, and we should, you know, preserve that to the best we can, but I don't think we can necessarily make more of them. We, all we can do is, 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 you know, optimize our business around serving them so that they stay happy, they stay reading, um, and they find uh, video games confusing and frightening. Next week, we've got our very own Noah Genner giving a lowdown on our latest research on the Canadian book market and Canadian readers. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can find us at booknetcanada.ca. Thanks to Nathan for speaking at Tech Forum, and to everyone who attended or helped put it together. We gratefully acknowledge the financial support of the Government of Canada through the Canada Book Fund, and of course, thanks to you for listening.